live streaming and posting services on the internet. What is legal and what is not? That is the topic of today's ReChurch. Welcome to ReChurch. I'm Marshall Fant, the Director of Church Consulting and Strategic Planning for Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. My purpose is to encourage pastors and church leaders as you refocus, renew, and revitalize your churches. We've established this podcast to offer practical tips and suggestions as you equip disciples to make disciples. Welcome back to ReChurch. This is Marshall Fant. So glad to have you back with us. We've got our guest today is Eric Sheevy. Eric and his wife Bridget do the music ministry at Harvest Baptist Church in Rock Hill, South Carolina, where we pastored. And it's great to have him with us. Before we get into the podcast, I want to make everyone aware of a virtual roundtable on missions topics that GFA is sponsoring. This will be kicked off in September 26th. It'll be once a month. And we invite you to go and, and check it out. The first one will be the Privileged by Grace Debtors to the Lost. And you can find all the information you need about these. So if you have any interest in missions or the need in missions and the, the fields that are where we need workers so much, you can go to gfamissions.org slash roundtables. Now back to our topic at hand. Eric, thank you so much for joining us. Welcome, Eric. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Probably a boring topic you've brought me in on. Oh, I don't know. But, you know, we'll we'll see how we can keep it lively for people. Trying to keep people with a clear conscience is what we're trying to do. Yeah. So, this, again, it's this is important. It is. And this came from a, a listener wanted to know. And Eric and I go way back. Eric and his wife, Bridget, uh, did our music while I was pastor at Harvest Baptist Church. So, Again, we have great respect for the Sheevies. So, Eric, uh, you and Bridget have done music. You've been married how long? 2005, wow. shortly after visiting your church some. Okay. Way back in grad school, we came visited mm-hmm. you. So we've been married for 15 years. All right, now your undergrad degree is in? Uh, music education was undergrad. Grad degree then was at Bob Jones and Sacred Music, both Bridget and I in Sacred Music. All right, so you got your undergrad at Maranatha. Yep. And you're the son of a pastor. Yep. And Eric and Bridget have four children. And Bridget, uh, was, or was her number one instrument the harp or the piano? I would say it was more the piano. Um, yeah. She's good at the harp, but the piano, yeah, it was more her direction. It's really neat, the story of how God brought us together here with Harvest and things, but maybe another day. But it's, it's <laughs> neat to see how God works. All right, so she, she does composition. Yes, sir. And then you do congregational choir, uh, you do solos, quartets, you do all of this because you have a great voice. Right, and right, Bridget absolutely. puts all this together. <laughs> and you, another topic would be integrating, you've integrated all your children into ministry uh, through your music. That's another topic, but we've got to stay on task for today. Right, well, but what you did mention was my wife does do composing. So this does fit into the realm of, you know, what we're, what we're talking about today as well. All right, so let me give the background on how this came up. So as I do church consulting and trying to help churches, one of the things I recommend is, okay, you need to post a entire service online so people that are interested about your church will know what to expect when they get there. They'll know, you know, everything from the type of music to the type of preaching to dress to, you know, what is the congregation like? What is the service like? And so I had a layperson call me and say, hey, what is the deal with CCLI? What can we post online? What can we do live streaming? And I said, great question. So, Eric, that led us into a conversation, actually, while you were on vacation, and then you did research on it. So that's kind of the background. All right. So, Eric, let's start with the basics. What is CCLI? 
What is that? Okay. It's a, well, think about worship directors through the years who have tried to remain legal and we have these copyright things on, on a lot of music. Mm -hmm. So while to use certain things, then you have to contact all these different publishers or composers and say, can we use this this way? Can we arrange this this way? Uh, A lot of different things going on with that. So one of these worship directors says enough is enough. We need to start a company that just does this. Mm. Um, So, you know, I can't remember exactly when it was 1980 or somewhere in there. Uh, They start the CCLI company that does all this background work that just takes a lot of time. And quite frankly, the composers and the companies that publish the music are thrilled. They don't have to deal with as many people. They're dealing with CCLI. And then we just kind of pay them a flat annual fee to take care of all this background work that goes on for CCLI. And I guess part of uh, with what you're saying is why why do we even need to deal with this? I think it's easy for, in the mindset of Christians, to say, hey, we're all on the same team for Christ. Mm-hmm. Do I really need to, to do this? I mean, they should have a ministry mindset and be trying to lay up treasure in heaven, and can I just use this music, and, and all is great. You know, but at the same time, you want to encourage these musicians that are writing music. Some of them are full-time just writing music. If you think of Dan Forrest or different... Uh, some of the people that you're using the music of, yeah. they're depending on income from their music sale to keep writing the style of music that you use. And so this is a way to kind of encourage them, support them in what they're doing. And CCLI then, through CCLI, you're supporting the musicians that you are using in your churches. Sure. Uh, All right, so let's back up there to basics. So when I purchase a hymn book, let's say for the church, yeah. Everything in there, when I buy the hymn book, I have the ability to use that for congregational singing. So that's the very basic, right? Yes, without CCLI you're talking about? Yeah, without CCLI. I'm talking about, you know, Mm -hmm. ages ago. All right, so now we fast forward to where we're doing music different ways. We have projection screens in our churches, and then we're streaming, okay? Right. And then you have, instead of contacting all these different publishing houses or, or composers, CCLI is answering all these questions, right? So they're like a clearinghouse for all of this. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Yep, for the Christian world. For the Christian yep, world. Yeah, it's taking care of our Christian. Yep. It's handling stuff that's going on during services. Really think of them as service people, not something you'd go outside of uh, doing during the week, some other type of activity, but they're really handling what you're doing with your services. Okay. Public worship services. Yep, yep, okay. corporate worship together. Right. Um, and as far as what I already mentioned, too, with uh, having a mindset of helping those musicians, and we've already talked about should we have another session on how to treat musicians and and what is, what's going on with musicians in the background and how many hours of prep work does it take and things. I mean, we need to have a respect for what it takes to produce these things and really be an encouragement to them, not to mention as well, the moral side of they don't always want their music messed with. Hmm. Uh, someone could take the tune they wrote and put any words they wanted to it. If there's no copyright, it people could change the words around, which technically aren't really legal, you know, and, and adjust things to the way they want. And I mean, that could be a big issue to us. Sure. If they would take one of my wife's songs in a Catholic service and, and change the meaning of grace, you know, in the, in the way it flowed or something like that. Right. 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 Um, so our copyrights are part of our protection. And then it, it allows us an opportunity through CCLI to encourage them and actually pay for it legally. Plus, it's the law. So. 
Yeah, that that is important. <laughs> that is all right. So if I wanted to obtain a CCLI license, all right. So I just go to their website. Yeah. So you're gonna head over to their website. There's different types of licenses. I figure I'd talk you through that Let's a little that. bit. There's the you got the basic copyright license. Okay. Um, that that everyone's gonna get if they're going into CCLI. Basic copyright license allows you to store lyrics that you might type up all the different hymns. Mm-hmm. Um, and projection things it, it gives you the license to make your own song sheets um it, it would give you the license to make your own hymnal kind of within house that uh, you could uh, copy stuff from all over and produce your own booklet of songs that you sing okay. even copyrighted christian songs you could copy there with the correct information at the bottom of each page that you're licensed through ccli to do so and it could be used in your services if your license ever expired you're supposed to destroy that. So you do mm. you do want to keep up your annual fees as far as some of that stuff goes. But you do have some flexibility some people might not know about as far as um, just copying things for your church and making things. You can put bulletin inserts of new songs that uh, you're learning um, based on that copyright license, instrumental uh, vocal arrangements and, and uh, service recordings. You can capture service recordings as well with the main copyright license. Really? You're not supposed to stream them. But you could capture audio and video and provide like some to shut-ins and things like that. And the website will tell you about those things. All right. So with this basic license, I think the fee, I think you may have said, is dependent on size of the church. Is it a scale? Like yeah, it's, it's scaled on the size of the church. And, and just for the sake of most your initial question, I think most churches are probably looking at the copyright license I just mentioned and also the streaming license add-on. All right, so let's talk so, about that. Let's go um, from there. Keep talking. The streaming license allows you to do what, what the copyright license does, but then you can post it. Okay. And you can post it places legally, okay? That the music then is allowed to be out there for anyone to view, which is kind of a huge thing that they can go to your website. So this is live streaming. Live stream. It can be live. It can be, yes, live stream is included in it, but it might be just stuff that you posted that people can stream as well, like we have on our website. Is there a difference between a, with CCLI, between a live stream service versus recording a service and putting it on your website for people to view later? Does the live stream license cover both of those? Okay, I, I, I should probably do the disclaimer here. Okay, of, the I am best not you lawyer. understand. The best I am not. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. and, and they're very good. They have places you can ask questions. From my understanding, the okay. stream license is for live streaming and and it's also for, I mean, you can post it on YouTube, Facebook, other streaming services. It handles the legality of posting copyrighted material. Okay. And I mean, and we're not just talking about like lyrics that might come up on the screen. We're talking about even just singing something mm-hmm. under copyright. Right. If it's being posted, you should have a CCLI streaming license to even post music that's under copyright even if it's not showing the lyrics. Got okay? It. Yep. So um, now if we talk about those two basic, the copyright license and the add-on streaming license, you're talking about like if it's a church up to size 100 people, you're talking about $200 a, a year. If it's up to 200 people in your congregation, then you're talking about $300 a year. And then 200 people to 500 people is 420 a year. But really that's reasonable for all this you're doing, right? I mean, that, it, it's covering, it, it's completely covering you. Yeah. And so that's, that's really nice. All right. So that's covering the church. 
but it also covers the composer, right? So the composer would get paid back from CCLI for the use of their music. Yeah. Okay. Great question. Great thing. Let me talk about the two other licenses as well that most people at churches are probably not going to get. The rehearsal license might be if a choral guy or if they had a band in their church that they wanted to send out MP3s and it's not public, but MP3s of their practicing and their music, they could do that with copyrighted music through a closed site. Okay. Um, that's a rehearsal license. Then church video license is another add-on you can do if you are the type of really hit pastor who shows a lot of Hollywood <laughs> clips or something as part of his examples yeah, yeah. in church. Yeah. Um, and if he's showing a lot of videos like that, then you want to get that other video license add-on. Okay. So, um, you know, people like you. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. yeah. Uh, We're going to edit that one out. So what you said with the money thing a moment ago was that, uh, you know, the, the composers are getting paid, the publishers who are putting this stuff together and editing it and everything, they're getting paid okay. some money out of this this 200 or $300 or whatever your church has to pay annually based on your size. How do they get that? Well, every two and a half years, a, ch- a church, to, um, they have a six-month period where they have to report what they're using in their church. Okay, so every two and a half years, the secretary at the church or myself is going to get online for every service and write down and put into their site what songs we used under copyright Hmm. in that service. And then think of them taking that as a ratio for all churches right? and saying, okay, based on the money we collect here, we're going to send so much to that ministry, the Wilds, or Lorenz, or even ChurchWorks Media, or wherever it is, wherever um, the music's coming from, and they're going to send a checkout based on the ratio of how many songs you used from that company and all the other songs they're getting from all other churches and things. So you report every two and a half years. That's kind of how it works. So there is a reporting function of being in compliance with CCLI. Yes, yeah, it's the okay. only way to fairly right. understand. Um, say where is the money going. Yeah, yeah. So in the end, you do have to do that every every few years. Okay. Are there any other recording procedures you must do, or recording requirements for the church to report to CCLI? So I I think I'm understanding your question right. No, in, as far as reporting to CCLI, no, you don't. Okay. You just have to report that every two and a half years. Mm-hmm. Um, keep your annual membership up to date. You do need to put on, uh, if you're projecting words or you have words in the bulletin for your choir number, things, yeah. you do have to put things in a certain order, which they show on the CCLI site. You need to give credit to the lyric or words writer. Yeah. You need to give credit to the composer or arranger. You need to give the copyright information and you need to give your specific CCLI number that your church is given. And that is on one of the slides of each song that you're doing that's under copyright. Now, for me, and, and that's that's part of something you have to add into what you might be creating on PowerPoint. And right. things you okay. want to make sure you have to add it in. Now, what does that tell your congregation? It tells them that you're trying to stay legal as well. And so even if it's a song that's not under copyright, um, we, we use plenty of public domain songs that are wonderful, you know, from, from the history of the church. And I'm going to write on there the same information the composer, the where okay. the words came from, and I'll just write public domain, so they know this is this is out there. It's public domain, but I at least still have the information, so it's not questionable what I'm trying to pull. Off. I'm not trying to pull a quickie on some songs or anything. 
Just right, kind of have that information out there for people. I'm going to ask you a question. I think the answer is obvious. So if, if a church is thinking about projecting words on a screen or putting words in the bulletin, and they're not going to take the time to document it the way you're required to document it, your advice would be what? Don't do it? Right. Well, if you're not going to put your CCLI license on there, the things, yeah, you, you shouldn't be shouldn't be putting it up there yeah in my opinion it's not legal you know somebody get in a hurry on a saturday night it's a church with one pastor he's doing everything and he's right putting the hymns together and he's trying to get a powerpoint ready for the choir special or something and he says oh, i just don't have time so if you don't have time mm-hmm. to put the proper documentation just don't do it is what i'm trying to say no matter the time pressure or what you're facing yes yeah well i mean really if you want to remain legal and be a good testimony i would say don't do it Having said that, do things happen that sometimes it's just oh, not sure. on there right? Yeah. Yep. This yep. past Sunday, you know, I got up there. <laughs> you know, sometimes the pastor adds a song to the end of his sermon, and I walk up there to lead it, and he's got it on his PowerPoint, not my music one, and I'm like, uh-huh. oh, there's no documentation on this, you know? Okay. And, oh, I'm glad this one's not under copyright anyway, so we're really <laughs> okay, you know? Um, uh, it's just a word but, for pastors to communicate with your music people, right? Right. Okay. Yeah, that, that'd, be a, that'd be a good thing. You know, is there a copyright police that have been out there just nailing people? No. So it's not like they're looking you up. And, and like we've already said, the impression we have is, you know, we're all in ministry. Don't we all just want Christ to be glorified? And yeah, for the, that is the Christian musician's viewpoint, hopefully. Sure. And if someone makes a mistake, they're not going around trying to find people who are messing up on this necessarily. But, but at the if you same want time, money to go to the right places and yeah. stay legal and show your congregation that that's important, then, then you keep up on stuff. And a servant's worth of his hire. And if someone takes the time and their gifts to create this, we ought to be able to honor them with paying them the right way. Mm-hmm. All right, so talk to me. What else, What other concerns, problems, obstacles, what else would you tell a church that's going down this road for the first time? Yeah, if you have the CCLI license, you are so covered with anything I think a normal church does okay. that you almost just don't have to worry. As long as you've labeled stuff correctly, you really don't have to worry. Even if you mislabeled it, there would probably be great forgiveness just because you owned the CCLI license. Okay. You know, and you could say that, that you did if any problem came up. Um, if you go to the CCLI website, what's going to pop up? Well, you can't charge for people to come in and see this stuff. Okay. Um, how many churches are actually putting it that way, though, in our circles that you're charged? It may come up that some church is trying to do a fundraiser and they're having their choir do this music. Well, then you had to, you'd have to be real careful with that kind of stuff. Right. Um, if you're projecting lyrics or printing, you know, if you, if you start charging people for it, if you started making DVDs of your services that were available for purchase on your website, um, you're, you're starting to get into violation. But you said for purchase. Right. Okay. If you start getting into, it has to be purchased to be streamed or purchased to be seen in any way, then then you're starting to talk about, okay, now I have to start going to each one of these publishers and saying I've made a professional recording and getting mechanical licenses and sync licenses and all this sort of stuff. So you just got to be careful not wording things in a way that, you know, you have to pay your tithe because you watch this. You know, right. I would, <laughs> I don't <laughs> think anybody in our church is going to do that. All right, Eric, keep going. What else about CCLI? What what other problems or concerns do you see with churches or CCLI? Uh, I don't know if I see a lot of other things. I could flip through some of my notes here. Changing the, 
some of the main questions that came up on their CCLI website was, can I change lyrics to fit my theology? Hmm. I mean, to be quite honest, I've done this some. There's a song that some people might know that talks about the gates of heaven being gold. And I would say, let's say streets of gold instead of gates of gold, okay. you know, because I'm changing it because of what I know. Technically, that stuff's not legal mm. um, if you're out there. You can arrange songs differently than they might be slightly, as long as you're not trying to make a bunch of money off of it again. You might start with the chorus instead of the main stanza and things, and that's all fine as long as you have your CCLI license for what you're doing and streaming and all that. All right, let me ask you this. And again, if you don't know this, we can edit it out. Let's say a a group from Harvest is taking a mission trip. Okay, we have our youth group singing and somebody's recording it on their phone. We're doing this in a different church as as a ministry. And they're recording on their phone and they come back and they play this video back at Harvest Baptist Church. Is that legal? <laughs> wow. Um I don't know if I can legally answer that question. <laughs> so you might have to cut you might have to cut this out. Yeah. You know, you could say I'm showing it at my church, which is under which does have a CCLI thing. I mean, I think you've got a other countries even would have different um copyright policies than the United States. So how could you speak to all those? And and, and uh you're also talking about individuals. How can we in our day and age control everyone who's taking a video with their phone? Yeah, you can. And posting it. I mean, even children, if a child's playing in offertory, half the time you get grandparents whipping out a phone Absolutely. and posting it live. We grandparents love to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. And it's a copyrighted piece that maybe doesn't fit with your thing. Well, at that point, they're, they're streaming it through their own thing, and they'd right. be the ones under violation, not us anyways, not the probably. So. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, I wouldn't worry about that. As far as other things go here, um, one thing you you asked me earlier before we started was what can you do without a CCLI license? Right. Make sure you know you cannot print music still under copyright under the fair dealing clause. You know that educators often use like we can copy a certain amount. I think that's a confusion in some churches that I'm clear to copy certain portions of a book. Right. Um, that does not go into churches. That's an educator's uh, type of thing. So a a choir director does not have the liberty just to copy a choir special. Right. And distribute his choir members, right? Even if he destroys it after right. he does it, right? Right. Okay. Yes, and that's, that's important because he might see himself as an educator and thinks that he's fitting within some sort of clause. You're, you're really not. It says at the bottom of almost all that music anyways, CCLI license does not cover the printing of this and reproduction. You have to buy a book, and everyone who's looking needs to be having their eyes on the book or the purchased music. All right, so, so let's review this again. I buy a, I don't know, just pick the Wiles or, or some, some group that's published a choir special. Mm-hmm. And I've got 15 people in the choir, 20 people in the choir, and I purchase three copies. Mm-hmm. All right, so the CCL, according to what you just said, I do not have the freedom or liberty, even with a CCLI license, to reproduce this number to give everyone in the choir. Is that what you're saying? Yes. That's absolutely right. Even if you wrote the CCLI license at the bottom of that page, you do not have the rights to do that, even with a CCLI license. It's limited to like a hymn, mm-hmm. hymn version of the same song. You could do that with. Okay. But once it becomes an arrangement, and, and they're very careful nowadays to always put at the bottom, if it says 
CCLI license does not give you permission to reproduce that. Got it. That's what you can't reproduce. Got it. It doesn't say that if you look in your hymnal at songs by various people. If it's still under copyright, mm-hmm. it doesn't say that you can't reproduce it. It'll just say it's under copyright, and you can reproduce it and write your CCLI license at the bottom if you're copying that for people. From a hymn book. From a hymn book, from yeah. a hymn book style thing. Yeah. So yeah. does the Wilds produce some hymnal style things? Yeah, they right. have their songbook. Okay. Right. So it's going to cover a lot of that that sort of situation. Now, I still think it's great if we're reporting, then they're still going to get some kickback money eventually from CCLI as we report that we're using those songs still. So. Okay. Still a good thing to keep continuing to do. Okay, what else can you do without a CCLI license? You can print or project music and lyrics outside of copyright. Now, this is complicated. What's outside of copyright? Because we've kind of said this covers you under copyright. Well, copyrighted stuff is like after the person who created it or published it is dead for 70 years, sometimes it's 95 years, okay, then it's outside of copyright. So if you have an old book, it's possible you have some stuff there that's outside of copyright. But it gets really complicated, and what does that tell me? I'd rather have a CCLI license exactly. and just be covered. Yeah. Um, you can have a choir or special music sing songs in your church that they've purchased the music for. Mm-hmm. Every person who's looking at it has purchased music. You can do that without a CCLI license right. in your church as long as it isn't streamed and okay. as long as you're not putting the words up. But Once you the start minute, putting the words up or streaming, or streaming yeah. you've got to start having those licenses in place to be legal. All right. Um, you can sing from purchased hymnals in your congregation without a CCLI license. If those songs are still under copyright, you can't stream them. Okay. Right? So you've already purchased hymnals in many cases, and, and that's fine without a CCLI license. I had a few other things in, in closing in my mind still, as far as other concerns you mentioned about live streaming and posting services online that even go beyond um, CCLI, but since a lot of churches have just started doing this, right. and you also said... Um, it's great for a church to uh, post one of their services so people know what to expect. Mm-hmm. Okay, so little warning right there. If they're posting that and it's available on the web, then they have to keep, if there's copyrighted material in that service, they have to keep their CCLI license current as well. Got it. So if, if, if they're trying to do that, they're only going to do one service and just post that one on their website, they might, and they aren't going to keep up with CCLI, then they might want to make sure that service doesn't use copyrighted things, which goes down to offertories and choir specials and solo specials and everything, okay? So legally, they would have to not post that stuff unless they maintain their CCLI license. As soon as your CCLI license expires, it's supposed to be destruction of that stuff. Sound is often more raw on streaming for your choir and special music and even sometimes the pastor sounds a little more raw than they do in the room. Right. And so if your soundboard guy can mess with adding some reverb or warming that up, we've been struggling with that here. Right. Like how okay. do we add? We had a sound guy in this last weekend trying to mess around with this. Um, but that's something that you, your choir might sound much worse online than they do actually in person. And so make sure you're talking with your sound or sound guys or your choir guy. Does this sound good enough that we can post this as an example okay. of our church service? Yeah. Um, I would think about that. Okay. Um, and how can we warm up that sound? Yeah. Um, your sound guys need to have it together to be sure that what is online is also what's happening in the room. What do you mean by that? Ex- expand on that. Well, many soundboards have the option of 
um, you you hear it one way in the room, but then if you go listen online, there might be absolutely no sound or no sound for a certain mic uh, and things. Oh, and so you need it. to, okay. I think that the best thing would be to have someone kind of back there with headphones on listening to the stream and Got making it. adjustments. Yeah. yeah. And another person doing that, uh, the sound in the room, because it's really two different sounds quite often going out, depending on how you have your system set up. Sometimes online streaming is delayed 30 seconds, up to 30 seconds later. So you really have to be on the ball as far as, oh, the soloist mic isn't on. You know, um, <laughs> if, that, if that's not on, you're already off for 30 seconds yeah. of the solo, Got the it. online people um, at that point. Yeah. And then the other problem that comes up quite often that you experienced even when you were here is having runners for with microphones. Yeah. If you're calling yeah. on a testimony from someone, if you're calling right. on someone to pray at the beginning of a service, right. like we get most of our complaints in this streaming time have been, you need to get a mic to those people. We didn't hear any of that that happened. Got it. Um, so okay. just be, be, be mindful of that stuff. And that's all outside of CCLI, but that was just a few right. thoughts. I no, and that's good. So let's go back to my recommendation. So what you're saying is when I recommend a church to put a service online so a potential you know, guests can see what's going on, that really needs to be a service that has been tweaked. You understand you've prepared for it. And then you've listened to it and watched it to make sure these things take place. Is that right? Isn't that what I kind of hear you saying? Yes. Yeah. I think yeah. if you want to remain legal online, you just yeah. got to be careful what you're doing. Could you have could you have cut out sections that used copyright material? You could. Yeah. You know, if you wanted to do that, you know, is your congregation heard during the congregational singing? You know, all those different sorts of things of really posting yourself out there. You want it to be a good example of, of who your church is. If you're not using copyrighted material you probably are a little behind the game. I don't want to be critical of churches but uh, and what they're using, but to only use music that's 100 years old or older right. uh, yeah. might, well, might not be where, you, I mean, you might yeah. want to consider. Sure. If you're saying your church doesn't need a CCLI license, yeah. um, are you staying current with what is still conservative yet meeting where the current, where, where music history even is? Well, all right, so we've got a lot to consider here. And, uh, again, we need to mm-hmm. wrap up this particular one, but we'll be doing other podcasts together. Eric, would you please give out your email? This is a dangerous thing to do, but would you be willing to do that? Absolutely. So people can email you. All right, go ahead and tell everybody what it is. Currently it is E, letter E, B, and then my last name, S-H-E-V-Y. E-B-S-H-E-V-Y at gmail.com. Great. And I'm happy to answer questions as best I can about yeah. that or other things that you might have if you're in the ministry or what's a what's a cool song for us to use for Thanksgiving this year. You know, yeah. I'm fine with that. Um, and on the CCLI, thing. again, double disclaimer, Eric said it, but I'll say neither one of us are lawyers. These are our observations, and really, Eric, I asked Eric to research this. So, again, you as a church pastor or deacon or music leader, you are personally responsible to check all this out for yourself. But we were just trying to give you some basic guidelines. So again, Eric, thank you so much for your time. Absolutely. And again, my email is mfant at gfamissions.org. Eric, look forward to doing future podcasts with you. Thank you so much for your time. Absolutely. Thank you. You're listening to ReChurch, a podcast of Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. If you would like more information about our ministry or how we may assist you and your church, visit us at gfamissions.org slash consulting.